You're tuning in to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania. I'm your host, Tabitha Zakaria, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. David has will be continuing with this series of programs titled Amazing Love. Welcome, David. Hi, Tabitha. How are you today? I'm well. How are you, David? Very well, thanks. Very well. How is your week going? Yeah, busy. Busy, but good. That's good. That's good. Um, so, David, you've been sharing a bit about yourself and your family, and you seem to have lots of experiences to share. Um, is there anything you'd like to share with us today? Yeah, I've been talking about prayer. Uh, last week, we looked at uh, Jesus praying for us, and sometimes people have asked me, or many times people have asked me questions about how do you know God is answering your prayer? Mm. So this morning, I wanted to just share... A little of my, a little deeper in my experience about our call to ministry and how God actually confirmed it to us that mm-hmm. uh, that He was calling us to ministry. So, one of the things that I was doing, or many of the things that I was was doing at the time, was pastoral kind of work. So I was doing Bible studies with people. I was an elder in the church. I was doing a number of things that were really pastoral uh, for the church and for others and for ourselves as well, I believe, drawing constantly closer to God. And I was becoming increasingly dissatisfied with the, I call it temporal work. So, you know, work for a boss, work for somebody who, yeah, sure, it helped their bottom line, it improved their business. But as I was seeing things on the eternal scale, it wasn't really making any eternal difference. It was Mm. just a job. Mm-hmm. So I was becoming increasingly dissatisfied with that, and I was. My wife and I were recommended by our pastor at the time to go along to this seminar they were having on a weekend that talked about what it was like to have um, a pastoral uh, role mm. and to be in, included in pastoral ministry. And so we both went along. We listened to them. We listened to the wives, and we both felt very, very convicted and impressed that this is what God was calling us to do. Mm. So we went home and we started praying about it. Mm-hmm. And that that night. Um, we prayed that God would show us clearly if mm-hmm. this is what he was calling us to do or it was a midlife crisis thing, you know, because <laughs> I was in my early 40s and I was concerned that I was hitting this midlife crisis. So we prayed and said, Lord, don't, don't let it be something we want to do. You show us if it's something you want us to do. I got up the next morning and um, through, to cut the story a little shorter, mm-hmm. I, I was impressed to just... Start where I was. I heard this voice that said, forget the past, just start where you were, where you are. Mm-hmm. And so I started reading the Bible in a text that I had for the day. Mm-hmm. And as I looked it up, it was uh, Luke 5, 11. It was the completion of this call to ministry of all things mm-hmm. of Peter, Andrew, James and John, those four fishermen. Yeah. And the verse we had to read for the day was them bringing in the fish mm-hmm. and in the version I was reading it said and they left everything mm-hmm. and followed him this was a challenge for me mm-hmm. because I just reached a six figure income not long before that I felt in business and in life uh, you know we had our own house that we would put a lot of work into mm-hmm. and we just felt like we'd arrived we were there we were happy with life mm-hmm. and here God was saying to me very clearly, leave it all and follow me. Are you prepared to leave it all and follow me? Mm. And, 
You know, it was a challenge, but mm. immediately as I read that verse, I realized that God was calling. Mm. And so we, I made that decision, and together we made that decision to, to leave it if that's what God, God asked us to do, mm. and to follow him. And so we started, I started remote studying straight away. Mm-hmm. And God uh, answered our prayer about getting into college and being able to do it at my age. Um, He answered my prayer with two years later, we decided to sell the house and actually move to college and finish it full time. He provided work while we were doing that Mm. at a very, very good income. Uh, We we only had the very last year of college to rely fully on faith and let him lead us financially as well. But Mm. he led us all the way financially through all of that and provided for us uh, for and um, a job at the end, mm. and I graduated with uh, with very good um, marks, and mm. I was very surprised with that. Mm. But I had packed so much into those three years I was there mm. that we saw that God was leading all the way, and right at the end, mm. providing a, a job for us to apply those mm. skills that He'd taught us through those years. Mm. Even applying for the job came completely differently from the way it normally would and I'll I'll talk about that next time I'll share how how we actually got employed. Yeah. So that's that's, that's my short story yeah. of of how God answers our prayers directly. We asked him specifically mm. and he answered us very very directly. Mm. Wow, yeah, that's interesting. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, so we need to keep going. Um, I, but before that, I want to remind our listeners of our studio number. It's 048 Um Text us any questions, any comments, and f- any feedback we'd like to hear from you. And just to let you know, you can also catch, up, catch us through the Faith FM app and Faith FM website um on www.faithfm.com.au um david did you want to quickly mention what's happening this weekend yeah just very quickly in yeah. scottsdale this evening at 6:30 and tomorrow at 2 mm-hmm. 2 till 3:30 we're having um we're continuing with our series the history of tomorrow secrets of the future mm-hmm. following on from that prophetica program that we ran so if, uh, you'll you'll speak about that a little bit more in the future and if you'd like to come there it, it, we've only covered a, sh- a small number of topics so if you'd still like to come mm-hmm. you'll be able to fit into it and we do have seats available and uh, Saturday night and Sunday night 6.30 till 8 mm-hmm. at the Hotel Grand Chancellor in Launceston we're running the same program so if you're in either of those locations uh, please text in ask for a ticket if you haven't already got one Mm. if you have don't forget to come along again okay that would be interesting you don't want to miss out make sure Mm. you attend that event there's so much to learn for sure Mm. um so david did you want to quickly review what we talked about last week and get into today's program please yeah we'll briefly cover a little bit just before the the break so Mm. last week we talked about jesus praying for us and god's amazing love shown that that right back then when jesus was here two thousand years ago he prayed for himself that he would 
be prepared for mission mm-hmm. and for for his mission. He prayed for his disciples of the day, and then he prayed for the disciples or people that would follow the disciples and their teachings all down through history, and that clearly includes us as well. Mm. This morning I'd like to read... Um, Another section of the Bible where we talk about a promised helper that Jesus said he would give us before he left. And I'll just have a prayer before we start, and then I'll get you to read that for me, if you wouldn't mind, Tabitha. Yeah, that's okay. I'll do that. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you that we have your words still today. We can read these stories that show us the impact you have on our lives. Open your word to us today and give us understanding as we read in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, so if you could read John fifteen twenty six and 27 and then those few verses in chapter 16 as well. Mm, the title is actually interesting. It's saying the coming rejection. Mm, mm. Um, chapter 15, 26 and 27. Yes. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. It says, um, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Mm, that's good. And then down in chapter 16, if you could read verses 5 to 7, which talk about this helper. Yeah, it's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Mm, thanks, Tabitha. We're going to dig into a bit deeper into verses around this as well. Yeah. But the amazing thing is what he says about the helper. He says that if he doesn't go away, if Jesus doesn't go away, the helper's not going to come, and they will be better off mm. with the helper than with Jesus. Now, what could be better than having Jesus with them the whole time? Mm. I remember when I was scuba diving. Mm-hmm. When I was scuba diving, I used to have to judge the currents under the water. Mm. So you can't see the currents, but you can see the way that the the fronds wave in the water. Mm -hmm. You can see the way they move. You can feel the currents on you as you're kicking for it or against it. Mm. And you can see the effects of the current, if you like. That's what I'm trying to say. And, and, And as we go through here, we see that the Holy Spirit is not a figure that you can see, but you can clearly see the effects of his presence and we'll look at that further after we take the break okay we're going to go for a break now did you want me to pose the listener question or yeah why don't you post the question that they can text in to answer if they like or comment on okay so the question is do you think most people understand the purpose or need of the holy spirit or even know who he is just text us your responses if you know um who the holy spirit is the Holy Spirit is, and if you know the work of the Holy Spirit, um, text us your responses to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We are going to listen to this song. We are waiting by all sons and daughters.
You're listening to Tazi Encounters with David Maxwell. And before we continue with today's sharing, I would like to give you the code um, to get the tickets the tickets to attend the event at Scottsdale and Launceston. And that event will be the history of tomorrow. And um, the pastors will be talking about secrets of the future. So um, text us um, the code secrets21, S-E-C-R-E-T-S, number 21, no space in between, to 488 And we'll be able to... To, to get in touch with you on how to get the tickets to attend the event, the history of tomorrow, secrets of the future. So, David, um, I just quickly want to pose the listener question again. Um, mm. So I'd like our listeners to share with us what they know, if they know who the Holy Spirit is and what if they understand the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yes, please mm. text us your responses to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And um, before we went for a break, David, we were looking at God's amazing love through the way Jesus promised to send another helper when He left. Mm. Um, yeah. So, what else would you like to share? Yeah, thanks, Tabitha. Uh, later on, Tabitha is going to share with us all a free book offer as well, The Power of Fasting and Prayer, which is really, really key to what we're talking about with the Holy Spirit today. So listen after the next break and she'll give you some more details about that. But it, what's happening here is, is Jesus is getting close to the end of his time on earth here and he gives his disciples a promise that he wouldn't leave them on their own. He promised to send another helper, just a chapter before in 14. Mm-hmm. This chapter is popular because he's, you know, this is the beginning of the chapter where it says, uh, let not your heart be troubled, don't worry, I'm going, I'm coming back. As he goes on through this chapter, he says mm. in verse 16, he's going to ask the Father to send them mm-hmm. another helper. Very key word here, another. The the meaning of the word another is, is um, another helper is one or more. Of the same mm-hmm. is one or more of the same. Mm-hmm. That's a better way of saying. It. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's that's the dictionary meaning of another. So mm-hmm. first and foremost, if Jesus was sending another helper, mm-hmm. then who was the first helper? Clearly, it was Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. I, I know that uh, to illustrate this, I know that sometimes I might ask for another. So my wife makes a very nice, uh, healthy cake. And when I'm finished my, my, my meal, she might bring me a piece of cake. And I might enjoy it so much if it's as good as the one she usually makes. Mm. I might ask her for another piece. Now, I'd be a little upset if she brought me an apple or a pear or a banana. That's mm-hmm. not what I asked for. I asked for another piece of cake. What, what does that mean? It means I want more of the same because it was so nice. Mm-hmm. And the same thing applies here where Jesus says he's sending another helper. He's Mm -hmm. sending more of the same. He's saying that he's going to send someone like him. He was the first helper. Mm -hmm. And the things that we know about Jesus is that he was separate from God the Father. He often prays to his Father in heaven, Matthew 5, 9 and some other places. Mm -hmm. He teaches them to pray. And as he teaches them to pray in Matthew 5, Mm -hmm. he says... Our Father who art in heaven. So he he clearly shows that God the Father is in heaven. Mm. 
And in other places, as he prays to his father, mm-hmm. God the Father answers. So it happens uh, during his baptism, he's praying, and after he prays, God answers from heaven verbally. And some people hear the, uh, the sound. Some don't, don't understand what the sound is, but they hear the sound. Uh, on the mountain later, as he's transfigured, as they see his, his full glory, um, God the Father speaks to these, these few disciples that are up there and they hear it and they write it down later. Mm. So Jesus is saying that, um, that both he and the Holy Spirit work in conjunction with the, the Father and they're separate. They're separate. Uh, he was saying that the Holy Spirit's real and almost, well, as real as Jesus is. Now, we can't see the Holy Spirit, but he's saying mm. that he's real. And Jesus helped and gave them comfort over the last three and a half years for the disciples. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that when I leave, this comforter will help you even more. And it's even better that he comes. So Jesus goes on then to describe this coming helper. And listen to some of the, the things he says he'll do in chapter um, 16 of John. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read from verse 8 on. Mm-hmm. And when he has come, and and listen to how many times we hear the uh, pronoun he here. Mm -hmm. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of Mm -hmm. righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they don't believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is is judged. Mm -hmm. Continues on and he says, I have still many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, Mm -hmm. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, Mm -hmm. he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Mm -hmm. He will glorify me, and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things the Father have are mine, therefore I say that he will take of mine and declare it to you. I counted so, that. That was like 11 times. 11 times in this yeah. one section. He, yeah. he gives him a pronoun, mm. he. And it's very important because it's quite a list of things that the Holy Spirit will do. He says mm. <laughs> he's going to convict of sin. He says he's going to guide in truth. He says he's going to speak whatever he's told to speak. He says he's going to tell us things to come. Mm-hmm. That, that's prophecy. That's what the, that's what telling us what's coming is all about. He says he's going to glorify Jesus, um, lift Jesus up. That's that's a very important part of what the Holy Spirit will do. If if we hear something, if we hear someone, if we hear um, voices or uh, um, speakers or people who are trying to say no, Jesus wasn't who he said he was. This is not the Holy Spirit speaking because the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus, lifts him up as as God, God in the flesh. Mm. And then he says he'll declare the things of Jesus to us. Mm. Now, these are very important things. Now, I don't know if you've had a windy day down in Hobart mm-hmm. uh, any time recently. We had a really windy day up here just mm-hmm. during the week. Mm-hmm. Some would suggest that the Holy Spirit is like a wind in all aspects. Now, the Bible does mention mm-hmm. uh, or, or relate the Holy Spirit to a wind. Mm-hmm. And so some people, there's even a song that calls the Holy Spirit the wind of God. Mm-hmm. So then people look at the wind and they use every 
aspect of the wind and apply it to the Holy Spirit. That's mm. that's not what Jesus is saying here. When when did you last go outside when it was windy and have mm. the wind sit you down and tell you a story? Never. Now that's called that's called something else. If if you're hearing things <laughs> in the wind, <laughs> um, when when did it make you feel bad about? the wrong things you've done. So you, mm-hmm. you've done something wrong, you've hurt someone's feelings, you go out and you sit down and the wind makes you feel bad. Now, that doesn't It'll happen It'll make either. me feel bad if I'm not dressed properly. For the It'll make you feel cold. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> feel cold, not feel bad. It doesn't, make, it doesn't convict you of the things you're doing. No. It doesn't teach you the right things or predict the future. Wind can't do that. The wind is just mm. the movement of air. Mm. So clearly, when the Holy Spirit is likened to the wind, it's being you know, the Holy Spirit is being spoken about being unseen like the wind, but you perceive that His presence, mm. uh, that His presence. Sorry, uh, by the evidence, you know, like you see the wind blowing the trees, you know it's windy. You look mm. out through the window and you go, "I'm going to stay inside today mm. because it's very, very windy." So that's what the Holy Spirit is like. We we don't see Him, but. Mm-hmm. Through his presence, mm-hmm. um, we can perceive that he's there because of the things that happens. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So, so you, go on. So you're saying that the Holy Spirit is not visible. He's just as much an individual in the Godhead as Jesus was. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right, Tabitha. He's not He's not uh, physically, uh, visibly present. Sorry, he's not visi- visibly present, but he is physically present. And in Galatians 5.22, the Bible calls this evidence. So mm-hmm. we know that the Holy Spirit's present. We know he's living in us mm-hmm. by this list of... Um, uh, fruit, as the Bible calls it, the evidence. You know, you know, uh, a fig tree is a fig tree by looking at the fruit. You see, oh, that's a fig tree. An apple tree. You, sometimes some of these trees, as they're, they're they're sprouting in spring, you're not really sure what kind of a tree it is. Is it a, you know, you know, it's a stone fruit of some kind. You don't know if it's a apricot or whether uh, whether it's a. a a nectarine or a peach until mm. you actually see the fruit coming out then you go oh yes as you're driving past look at all the beautiful peaches there <clears throat> and and this evidence that's that's present in our lives when the holy spirit is there mm. is called fruit as well and some of that evidence is love joy peace long suffering patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self control and so when those things are absent Mm. or the opposite of present, Mm -hmm. you can say perhaps the Holy Spirit's not there Mm -hmm. because we don't see the evidence. Indeed. Um, We are about to go for another break. And just before that, I'd like to encourage our listeners to text us in their responses of their understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Please text us your responses to 0488880891. We're going to listen to this song, The Greats I Am by Amy Cherry. We marvel at a has-been God In our power He displays Miracle maker, life changer, not constrained to the imitations. We say he transcends time, but 
don't believe he's here and now Enclosed in dusty history books Or in the future But God is alive today Living here and now Waiting to release his power Working in our world today Not just a has-been or a will-be But the great I am Bowing on bending knee But we say he transcends time But don't believe he's here and now Enclosed in dusty history books Or in the future But God is alive today Living here and now Waiting to release his power Working in our world today Not just a has-been or a will-be But the great I am The great I am is the great I am The great I am, the great I am, the great I am, the great I am. You're listening to Tazi Encounters with David Maxwell. And just before we went for a break, David, you mentioned that... Um, you can't see the Holy Spirit, but you can see the effects of his presence. Um, what else? What did this look like for the early church? Yeah, thanks, Tabitha. It must have been pretty comforting, I think, you know, to these early followers of Jesus. After all, you know, remember a, a, a good deal of them, at least four of them, were just simple fishermen. Um, and, and they'd only followed Jesus for three and a half years. They had this three and a half years hands-on experience, but Jesus had been preparing for his ministry for 30 years. Yep. So as, as he's about to leave, you know, the other thing is Jesus was God in the flesh. Mm. So he had, he had a power that we don't have, mm. even though he didn't use that for himself. Um, clearly he had a connection with God that at that time, the disciples didn't have. And so I'm sure they were very, very happy, very pleased to hear that Jesus wasn't going to leave them on their own. He was going to give them some help. So as Jesus leaves, he tells them to go and wait mm-hmm. for him, wait in Jerusalem for this promise of or from the Father. Mm-hmm. So they go, they listen, 
<clears throat> you know, Jesus knew that these men and women, um, what they were really like. He knew that Peter was impulsive. But perhaps by now Peter learned a thing or two. <laughs> Mm. Um, he knew that James and John were prone to bouts of uh, and displays of anger. Mm. He knew that Matthew wasn't well liked. You know, remember he was a tax collector. Oh yeah. And so generally, tax collectors mm. were hated. I'm sure they had started to build a bond with him over these three and a half years. Mm. But I'm sure there was still that memory as they maybe went past the tax office. They remembered what Matthew was, and there would have been that that humanistic struggle with them as well. Mm. And remember, they were also a man down from the twelve. Judas had betrayed Jesus and gone and, and taken his own life. Mm-hmm. So Jesus knew that the mission ahead of for them mm-hmm. was huge, absolutely mm. huge. You just think about it. There's this small number of people, uh, some estimate around only about 500 mm. by the time you know Jesus has gone. There's about 500, about 120 there on the mountain to watch him go, but mm. only about 500 believers in all. Mm. And they had to evangelize the then known world, which was millions of people. So just mm. 500. So that was a huge, huge task. And Jesus knew that they were going to need help. So he tells them to go mm-hmm. and wait. <laughs> go and wait. Not go and do something. Go mm. and wait. Mm. Uh, I wanted to use an illustration here about waiting. Mm-hmm. Some of you will know Ken Duncan. He's a very famous Australian um, photographer. Mm-hmm. And he ha- has some beautiful, beautiful pictures where he has taken pictures of scenery. And there's a story that's retold of, uh, by him of how he gets these, some of these pictures. And one in particular is a rainbow, a perfectly formed rainbow, uh, looking across a valley or a field. And you can see that it's cloudy, but he's got just the right exposure. Mm-hmm. And he talks about what happened when he got this picture. He had to go and he had to wait mm-hmm. um, beside the road. And he had his umbrella out. He had all his equipment set up. And it was raining and then it was sunny. And it was raining sunny. And he just wanted to catch the perfect picture here. And other sightseers would come. They would see it's raining, they would go, they would take a quick snap and off they would go. He waited and waited and waited for Mm -hmm. the perfect shot. And then when he was almost fed up with waiting, the sun broke through the clouds, Mm -hmm. shone down through the mist, created this perfect rainbow, and he got the perfect shot. Mm -hmm. And he entitles this Waiting for Rainbows. Mm -hmm. Um, We often get too impatient waiting to achieve the things for God, you know. Mm-hmm. But sometimes he tells us not to do something. Sometimes he tells us to wait, mm-hmm. as he did for the disciples at this very, very important time. And, and given that they'd been with him now, this special 40 days mm-hmm. uh, after he'd been risen, this time they listened. Obviously, he'd been unpacking, making things plain and clear, and they recognized mm-hmm. their need of his leading and this promise that he was about to give them. So they didn't just wait and do nothing, though. <clears throat> they didn't just sit around in a group twiddling their thumbs saying, well, what are we going to do next? Um, they actually took this opportunity to seek God's will. Mm-hmm. And as Jesus had shown them how to in prayer, mm-hmm. they put aside their differences and they began focusing on one specific thing, mm-hmm. preparing for the next step, the spreading the good news. They didn't know what the promise was because they hadn't experienced it. They just knew mm-hmm. it would be something 
like Jesus, someone like Jesus. And they did this, not for one, two, or three days. They do it for ten days. Mm. Ten days. So they're there on this tenth day. They're there on this day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was a really special time for these primarily Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Um, The day of Pentecost was this celebration of the spring harvest. So on what we would call Easter Sunday, Jesus rises, and that day, that morning, mm-hmm. in their festivals and their their um, uh, their feasts, was called the Feast of First Fruits, and they would bring this first collection of their fruits. So let's say it was uh, some early crop. Some of the crop had uh, ripened before the rest. They would cut a, a bunch out. They would bring it to the priest. The priest would take out one sheaf of this offering and he would wave it before the Lord. Now that one sheaf mm-hmm. was represented uh, represents Jesus and his resurrection as the first fruits after his sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so they bring that. Now 50 days after that they bring they bring um, uh, this this uh, spring harvest. It was the celebration of the spring harvest. So 50 days, sorry 40 days after that. Mm-hmm. So 50 days in total, mm-hmm. 50 days in total, um, they, they bring this, they come and they have this day Pentecost, pent mean, Pente meaning 50 as well. So while they're there all together, they hear this rushing um, sound like a wind and then this fire fills the room. They've been praying, they've been asking for this filling, they've been waiting and right there on that day of Pentecost, they have this noise. Uh, it's, a, it's a big sound that other people can hear as well. And then this this fire comes into the room. It doesn't burn any of them. It's just a very different kind of fire, and it separates. And they get a little bit of fire sitting above the heads of each one of them. I'm, I'm amazed how they recorded this later. They remembered this amazing thing. And the evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence with them is shown by the next amazing thing that happens. They each speak, start speaking mm. in a language they don't know. Now, that's pretty amazing. Now, this creates a bit of a commotion and people start gathering to see what's going on. Mm. Clearly, because of the feast, there's people from all over the place here in Jerusalem on this particular day, um, at this particular time. And as they gather around, they all realize that they're hearing what these men are saying. They recognize them as just simple Galileans, simple men, and they recognize Mm -hmm. that they are hearing what's being said in their own language. And Mm -hmm. maybe some of them knew these guys and said, I've never heard them speaking like that before. Mm -hmm. These guys are just Galileans. They just speak, you know, basic Aramaic. They, They don't know how to speak this language and my language and all these other things. And they're speechless. Mm. not really grasping what's going on Mm. until Peter stands up. You know, some of them think they've had a bit too much to drink, Mm. but Peter stands up and gives this long discourse on their history and what is actually happening. And he convicts them, or the Holy Spirit convicts them, because he, he makes them aware of this shocking revelation that the Messiah that they've been looking for has come and gone. And worse than that, they were actually responsible for killing him. Mm-hmm. And and the response to this conviction is instantaneous. Mm-hmm. They they are they are so convinced with what's happening mm-hmm. that they're convicted of their sin, just as Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would. Remember that list of things I read? Mm-hmm. 
well, one of those was convicting of sin, and mm. the Holy Spirit does this. And because of that, over 3,000 people accept Jesus that day, and daily after that, more and more are, are convinced. So such is God's amazing love that he doesn't leave these fledgling disciples alone on their own, but they were helped mm. by the Holy Spirit, just as he said they would. Oh, indeed, indeed. And we are about to go for a break. And um, but before we do that, I'd like to give you some information about today's offer, which is the book of the book called "The Power of Fasting and Prayer" by Danny Vieira. Um, so this book, prayer and fasting, um, prayer and fasting are heavenly dynamic duo against temptation. And in, explore, in exploring fasting and prayer, Danny Vieira shares some amazing feats of mind, body, and spirit that are a result of abstaining from indulgences. Not only does today's society suffer from chronic and fatal disease as a result of gratony and taking in the wrong kinds of foods, but we also suffer from grudgy thinking and foggy spiritual lives. And in looking at the subjects of prayer and fasting in scripture, we see the benefits of this dynamic door. Moses communed with God on Mount Sinai forty days and nights, and he helped and he had to veil his face because because it was so bright. He also was resurrected and taken to heaven after his death. Elijah also fasted forty days and nights, and he was taken to heaven without seeing death. And the only other person in scripture to fast forty days and nights was Jesus Christ. Even though he was physically weakened by the ordeal, his mental and spiritual equity was so sharp that he firmly withstood the barbs of the devil. And in today's era, we, we too can have enriching experiences from fasting and prayer. And biblical evidence is ample that refla- refraining from excessiveness in our, in our lives will be enhancing be, beyond measure. Should you choose to include these principles in your own life, you will gain strength to stand firm against temptation. This is the book of the power of fasting and prayer. We'll give you the codes to get that book after the break. But for now, we're going to listen to this song, God Moves in a Mysterious Way by the Lockwoods.
God Moves in Mysterious Ways by the Lockwoods. You're listening to Tazi Encounters with David Maxwell. And before we went for a break, I promised to give you the code to the book, The Power of Fasting and Prayer. And the code, and that is that book is by Danny Vira. The code to get that book is Amazing13. Text Amazing, A-M-A-Z-I-N-G. Number 13, no space in between to 0488-880-891. Amazing 13, text the code to 0488-880-891 to get the book, The Power of Fasting and Prayer. Um, before we went for a break, David, you shared evidence of God's amazing love in the way Jesus promised to send his disciples a helper like mm. him, and then fulfilled that promise on the first Pentecost after he had left. Do you have some more to share with us today? Yes, I do. Thanks, Tabitha. You know, when we read these stories of the beginning work of the Holy Spirit, how God did exactly what he promised for his followers, mm-hmm. that's really important for us to read. <clears throat> but more importantly, we, we'd like to see you know, what's the application for us today? Mm-hmm. How does the Holy Spirit do us any good? Is he still around? Does he help us? Or was that just back then? Mm-hmm. Well, years later, as Paul is addressing one of the formed churches, one in Corinth, mm-hmm. he explains that the Holy Spirit is more than just a power for us to use. The more the much more powerful and important work of the Holy Spirit is having him in our lives. And he explains that that Jesus sends the Holy Spirit for another really significant purpose, and that is as a guarantee for our salvation, or as Paul puts it elsewhere when he writes to another church, mm. a down payment, a mm. down payment. Now, I've experienced what a down payment is. We were selling our caravan once when we came um, from Western Australia and, and came to the east coast of Australia. And as we were selling it, we, we advertised it. Somebody actually eventually came right when we needed it, by the way. That's another story. But they came right at the right time. And they, they looked, they liked it, and they said, we don't have the money today. Mm-hmm. Can we leave you a deposit or a down payment, mm. and we'll come back on Monday. So this was on a Friday, and we'll come back on Monday and we'll we'll give you the rest of the money. So they left us a significant amount of money as a down payment. Mm. It was only about $500 in the scheme of, you know, 13000 for the caravan, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was significant. <clears throat> so that was the down payment. A it commitment. was enough. Mm. It was a commitment. You're right. That's it, mm. Tabitha. It was enough to guarantee that they'd be back. Mm. And if they didn't, they would have lost a significant investment. So 
that's how I understood the down payment. So Jesus leaves a, a down payment, if you like, by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And it's mm. the guarantee that he'll be back to collect us later. Mm. That's the more important work of the Holy Spirit. So we can trust that he'll be back. It gives us the confidence. It gives us the evidence, if you like, of mm. the Holy Spirit working in our lives mm-hmm. because he is going to come back and collect us. There's a guarantee there. Mm. So before Jesus returns, there's one more task left. And he, he just like his, he, um, his calling to the original disciples and this onerous task that he leaves them, I would say an impossible task mm. to reach the whole world at the time. Um, now with the world heading towards the way it is with rebellion against all kinds of authority, God's included, the job is becoming bigger and bigger. Sometimes I think almost bigger than the original disciples had. Mm. So listen to what the final message says in Revelation 12. Revelation 12, there's this final message to our time, really, to the world. Let Mm. me just flick there and I'm going to read it for you. <clears throat> Revelation 12, um, uh, yeah, 12, 6 and 7. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I think I've got that wrong. Mm-hmm. Revelation 14, 6 and 7. Okay. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made the heaven and the earth, the seas and springs of water. So there's this call to worship at the end of time. Now, while in Revelation it refers to this as an angel, both the word angolos, angelos, sorry, which mm-hmm. is angel in the Greek, and uh, apostolos, which is apostle in the Greek, both mean messenger, mm. which means perhaps this is more speaking about the message than the, the, the method of delivery. Mm. And this brings me to my final point today. You know, God is calling all those who follow him to be sent in these last days, if you like. Mm. And and Peter recognized the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on that Pentecost day, at least in part, mm. a fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. But in James, right before the uh, end of the Bible here, James recognizes mm-hmm. that this has also got another purpose. Mm. I'm running out of time quickly, but let me just quickly read to you mm-hmm. as he he refers to this mm-hmm. calling as something something completely different. Um, so he talks about it in James chapter 5, and he says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits mm-hmm. for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early rain and the latter rain. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Mm-hmm. He recognized that like a crop, and I've seen this, mm-hmm. You need the early rain to mm. germinate it, mm. but you also need the final rain to um, fill the fill the head of the the grain or fill the head of the crop. Mm. And if you don't, you have to. Many times they just plow it back into the ground. Mm. So. Still to come is very soon is this second outpouring of the Holy Spirit, like what happened in the first, mm. and it's really, really important to prepare the world for Jesus' return. Mm. And it's important right now that we prepare as well. 
Such is God's amazing love demonstrated for each of us that he doesn't leave us alone, Mm. but he gives us a heavenly helper Mm. for our journey. So today, Mm -hmm. my final wrap-up is I want to encourage people to connect with the Holy Spirit Mm. and to allow him to come in, transform and change their lives to live out God's character because God's amazing love shows that he doesn't leave us alone. He allows us to be prepared through the Holy Spirit. He empowers us daily. Amen. Amen. It's indeed comforting to know we have a helper, that we are not alone. And um, even when things get tough, we have someone helping us out and we can always seek that help. Um, Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that um, amazing message with us today. And um, what do you have for us next week, David? Yeah, so next week I'm I'm continuing the theme of God's amazing love demonstrated for us, but I'm looking at uh, how he gives warnings about the impending judgment and um, reminding us not to forget to stay connected with him as we wait. And the talk is entitled Laodicea. So I hope you look forward to that. I oh, think it'll be a really good program. It sounds really interesting. I hope you don't miss that out. And next week on Monday we have David Leo continue with this series Encounters with Jesus and David will be talking about feeding of the 4,000. And uh, before we, we are about to finish, and before that, I just want to quickly mention the codes to today's offer. We have um, the event secrets. The We have the event um, getting tickets to attend the event secrets of the future. And you can text the code secrets 21 to 0488880891 and we also have the book The Power of Fasting and Prayer by Danny Baera text the code AMAZING13 no space in between AMAZING13 to 0488880891 I hope wherever you are you've been blessed and I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day Sometimes this crazy world can make us all feel bad I sit and watch the news and just get sad We need to stop and smell the roses in the ground Get out today, spread a little love around Talk to a neighbor, volunteer a favor Help out a stranger when his car's broke down Give your wife a kissin' When your kids talk, listen It makes a lovely sound Spread a little love around You know it don't take much to make somebody's day Kind word, a tender touch goes a long way We can change the whole world if we start in our hometown Get out today, spread a little love around Tell your mom you love her, bear hug your brother Treat your sister to a night out on the town Throw the ball for Rover It's fine and dandy 
Like a clown, a little tiny kiss. And- 